In Psalm 107, this refrain is repeated four times. Then they cried to Yahweh in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distress. Why does the psalmist keep saying this over and over? Because when we have sinned, and when we realize that we are in deep trouble, we need to know without doubt that God will answer us if we will cry out to him. Hey, I'm Nate Dancer with Purity for Life, and this is the fifth episode in our series, A Firm Foundation. Today we're going to be looking at Psalm 107 and Luke 11, two profound passages that reveal something astonishing about God. He is incredibly willing to hear and respond to the cries of those who are in desperate need, even when those people have sinned against him. When we know this about God, we too can have strong confidence in prayer. He says, ask and it will be given, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. So it's, it's for everyone. And there the invitation is. That's what's coming up. Here we go. Okay, so we're back. This is the fifth episode of our series, Affirm Foundation. And um, in our last episode, we looked at God's command to humble yourself from 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Humble yourself and pray is the second command. So today I thought we could look at a couple of passages that came to mind when I thought about prayer for people who are in that Second Chronicles 7 <laughs> context, right? Like, I've been in sin, I know I'm in trouble, I need something to happen in my life. Like, I'm in that place that David's in, and I'm saying, do a deep work inside of me, help me, Lord, cleanse me, uh, revive me, change me. The Lord then says, pray. <laughs> and I think we need some help to know a little bit about why to pray, and I think we need some help on how to pray. So I'm hoping that that's what we can cover. Psalm 107, we'll look also at, at Luke 11, uh, verses 1 to 13. But Psalm 107 is one of those passages that comes up time and time again at PLM, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, why? Why do you see it having such value for people who are in need? Well, it's so fitting. It fits the need. It has the psalm broken down into four parts, and it has basically the answer for most common things that human life is mm. that people go through. And it, it's fitting because this psalm reveals that God wants to be the one to deliver somebody. And so he says in verse 19, Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. And verse 20, he sent his word to heal them, snatching them from the door of death. Mm. And so God, God wants to meet the sinner with his word. He, he wants to heal them. We can see here, in verse 17, some were fools, they rebelled and suffered for their sins. And the reason is, is because they rebelled against God's word. 
verse 11, they rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. Mm -hmm. So it's very fitting. A person who has been in sexual sin um, needs the Lord. It's not a matter of stopping the sin, but they, they need God in a mighty way. And the Lord wants them to come to him personally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is amazing. Like if you were to sit and and look at this psalm and spend some time meditating on it and think about what is being expressed. Like you've got physical circumstances in these people's lives that have a very clear spiritual parallel. Mm-hmm. You know, if we would just kind of sit and think about it, like for example, in verse 4, some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Can I think about either in my own experience or someone else's where I feel lost? I feel like I'm wandering. I am starving. I don't have a home. I I feel like I'm just, I have no place to rest my head. Mm. I've got no peace inside, right? Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Can I think about a time where I've felt like I'm starving spiritually or where I don't have the strength to keep going? You know, I mean, okay, I've never actually wandered in a desert, (laughs) but I've been in spiritual deserts. Yeah. And God is saying through this psalm that people who were in those circumstances cried to the Lord and he delivered them from their distress. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't change. So he'll do the same for me. That's right. If I'm wandering, if I'm lost and I cry to him, he'll, he'll do what he said he did for them. Verse 7, he led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. You know, and like you said, there's four parts to this psalm, and it's like if you read through those parts, you can feel something of what these people were going through, and it's like, oh, yeah, I've been, I've been there. I've sat in darkness. <laughs> I've been a prisoner at times, mm-hmm. and it was all my own fault. Mm-hmm. And I think it's all a picture of our sin and wandering aimlessly, having new pathways, completely lost. A person in sin is completely lost. They don't know the way to go, but they can cry out. And so, yeah, here here again, we can see the Lord's mercy being revealed to multiple people in their situations. Mm. So it's fitting for sexual sin again because this fits, for the most part, a person who is in sin. He's lost, he's being tossed around, who has no way to find their way out and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and him saying four times the phrase that you referenced earlier, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. Those two lines are repeated four times in every single situation that people are going through. It says, again, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. Like, we probably need to listen Mm -hmm. to what he's saying. (laughs) There is no situation 
that we get ourselves into that the Lord is not willing to deliver us from. That's right. Yeah, the Lord is our deliverer. And again, he sent his word to heal each one of them. Mm. And so he sends his word into our life to bring us back to himself, to bring healing, to bring repentance. And what he's looking for in return is gratitude. Yeah. He's looking for praise. Wow. He's looking for us just to be thankful to him. It's a very small requirement <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> with with I mean it just shows his heart how gracious and lavish he he will pour himself out on a person who has been completely sinful mm. or maybe didn't know any better. But regardless, the Lord's going to help both of them. Yeah. I feel like I want to say this in every show, but what you just said, that what he's looking for is thanks and praise hmm. in return for that deliverance is just, it's precious knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's not a, that observation that you just made is not a small one. And how many times do we not thank him for what he's done for us? And then you, when you connect that to something like Romans 1, where it says that they did not glorify him as God and they did not give him thanks, mm. and that led to this terrible spiral mm. where they're just becoming more and more degraded and, and twisted and um, sinful, you realize how important gratitude is. Mm-hmm. And then you look at this and say, whoa, like he's telling me how to not get back into that situation that I was in. Exactly. And you just, man, like, wow, you start making connections like that. And it's like, man, the word of God is a treasure. (laughs) And that's where, as people dig into the word of God, it's it's very simple, but God reveals that, yeah, this is the way to walk with me. Mm. This is my way. So, yeah, with practicing faith and walking with the Lord without the gratitude, without the thanksgiving, everything else can be in place in a person's life. But without that, that would be the one thing that would cause someone to fall. Every, every time it's going to be that gratitude and thanksgiving. Hmm. So, so yeah, the Lord wants to be the one we turn to and cry out to, but then also the one that we recognize that it's the Lord that is doing this in my life. Hmm. Yeah, the, the very end of, of this psalm is so interesting. It says, whoever is wise will consider these things, and they will understand the mercy of the Lord. So this, you know, this psalm is like, it's given to us so that we can meditate on this. And if we're wise, we'll think about it. Mm-hmm. We'll say, oh, what is God saying? I mean, look at all that, look at these people. What were they going through? And then look at what they did. And then look at what God did. 
and we just meditate on it and we think about it, and he's saying to us, if you do that, if you will keep these things, if you will guard this knowledge, you will understand the mercy of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow. <laughs> Amazing. And the Lord just keeps pouring into the person's life. Yeah. The other thing about the psalm that's so amazing to me is like you read these four sections and these four sections are about people who have who are lost or they're prisoners or they're fools or they've destroyed their own lives, you know. And then he near the end of it in verse 33 the psalmist offers a little bit of an explanation, and basically he says, well, I'll just read it. This is the ASV. He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. Mm. And then if you go further, verse 35, he turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in. And to me, that shows me that when we're in sin, God takes our lives, and he, like where there was fruitfulness, he creates waste. But it's us, it's our sin. Mm -hmm. But then if you go back and you think about all the people that he just talked about, they were the people who were living in that wasteland. Hmm. So hes it's like he's saying to us, listen, if you live in sin, I'm going to deliver you over to these difficult circumstances. Yeah. But the reason I'm doing it is because then I want you to cry out to me. Mm-hmm. And I want to restore you back to where you were. <laughs> it's like, wow. Only the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And yeah, it, he is grieved. He is not pleased with the sin. And he does take it seriously. Yeah. But he's so quick to want to restore then, too. Yeah. After someone repents, after he delivers somebody. Yeah, so... Whoever is in the situation in that Second Chronicles 6 scenario and God has delivered them up, like we read in Second Chronicles 6 in the last show, I'll just read some of those scenarios again. Um, if your people Israel are defeated before the enemy because they have sinned against you, when heaven is shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, if they sin against you and you are angry with them and give them to an enemy, you know, uh, verse 28, if there's famine in the land or pestilence or blight or mildew, right? That's exactly, hmm. that's another way of saying everything we've said in Psalm 107. Yeah. And he's saying to them, cry, cry to me, mm-hmm. pray to me because I want to hear you. Yeah, it never changes with the Lord. And anyone can come to him. Yeah. And yeah, just in his mercy, he has to let bad things happen or the effects of sin happen. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think we can see that in our own life too. Mm -hmm. If we're making choices based in the flesh, we're going to reap the flesh. Right. Eventually our, our choices are going to reap consequence that as we stay in our sin, typically a person's life gets harder. Yeah. Yeah. Things, yeah. things don't stay the same. Mm-hmm. And so I think there too, it's the mercy of God that is letting that happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, exactly what you just said. The mercy of God is letting that happen. And so you can see even in that that his desire is not to destroy. Mm -hmm. The end goal, you know, is not to destroy. No. It's to somehow use the judgment of sin to remove the sin. Because mm -hmm. that's, I think, what, that's what repentance does. It, it opens the door for God to come in and remove the sin. Mm -hmm. So sin causes judgment, which then through repentance removes the sin. <laughs> that's yeah. just like <laughs> amazing. And some of the issue too is that um, sin has pleasure. And so the Lord has to bring a person to the to where they want to lay down that sin. Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and uh, turn over to Luke 11 then because we've kind of established a little bit of the, the need to pray, the hopefully giving people just a motivation to pray and say, all right, yep, I'm going to develop a foundation of prayer in my life. And then Luke 11 gives us some instructions on um, how to pray, mm -hmm. which we definitely need. Uh, prayer's been definitely a challenge in my life, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, same. But, you know, his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And so Jesus is definitely willing um, to teach us. Mm -hmm. So when you look at, when you look at this, uh, Luke 11, 1 through 13, what did you study and what, what came out to you from that? Um, I, I looked at the, the structure that Jesus laid out to address God as Father, mm -hmm. which places us in the position of a child, which makes us subordinate to him mm -hmm. um, to where we are like that to God, to where we put our complete dependence on him and hallowed be your name. So we're, the, the foundation of his kingdom among us is going to be on the hallowedness of God, the mm -hmm. holiness of God. That's the one way that we can see God's kingdom among us is to recognize that he's holy. So he we are going to God as children and we're going to recognize him among us by revering him, by also with that coming into um, obedience to him. Mm. Um, your kingdom come, so your will be done and dependence give us a stare daily bread. So the, the Lord makes us dependent on him and forgive us our sins, and we need to come to him every day for our sins. And so we need to be washed every day. Hmm. 
and we need to forgive other people of their sin. Mm. And so it's a complete prayer to open up and put into practice. Um, lead us not into temptation. And so don't, don't leave us have our own way. So we, we can ask God to keep us. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, I've heard some different views on the Lord's Prayer. I know some people pray the Lord's Prayer specifically word by word mm. every day or recommend praying it multiple times a day. Uh, I know some people have said that it's basically like a structure that you should start off with worship and then go to the next section and pray for God's will, and then we pray for what we need, and then we pray about our sins. And I think what, what you said is, is really interesting. It's almost like these are, <laughs> spirits is the wrong word, but when we pray, we should have all of these elements working. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. We should, we take the position of a child before his father. Mm-hmm. And dependence, submission, trust, love, that should infuse all of our prayer. Um, our prayer should be concerned about the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Whatever situation we're praying about, what is the glory of God in that situation? Right. What What would it look like for his kingdom to come in the situation that I'm thinking about? Maybe I'm praying about a family member or I'm praying about a specific difficulty or situation. Am I just praying my will to God? Like, <laughs> Lord, I, I need that job or I need this or that. Like, meet my needs. Am I praying for his kingdom to come and his will to be done, or am I basically just telling him what I want him to do? Um, And then we do have our daily needs. Do I talk to him about my daily needs, or do I just assume that I'm good to go, I'll take care of myself? You know, it's like all all of these things are telling us what God is looking for in our prayer life. Mm-hmm. Whether or not we ever say these actual words or not. Yeah, it, it can be prayed word for word, and that's a good prayer. But I think it's also a structure, a guide to help us. Mm. And it puts God right at the center, right up front. We mm. get our focus on him. It's about him. But I think that, yeah, we need to pray for others, but we need to pray for our own needs still. Mm-hmm. And so God wants that dependence on him. He He invites us to call him um, Abba, Father, which that in itself is connecting with him. That That's part of the prayer. Because Jesus lays out Luke 11 here with the structure, but then he also goes into talking about a parable of three people. So it gets into what's behind the teaching of the prayer. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, And I just hope that as people read this, that they realized that even though Jesus stopped giving the 
Lord's Prayer, he wasn't done right. talking about prayer. Right. <laughs> this parable <laughs> is all about prayer. Yeah. So we should see it that way. But anyway, yeah, so go ahead. Yeah, so um, Jesus goes into a parable about being persistent in our prayers, and he's talking about a friend coming and from a journey, and they need bread, and we don't have any bread, but our neighbor does. And so we go over to the neighbor, and it's late. Um, he's in bed, so he, he doesn't come to the door. He says, go away. Yeah. It's late. Not coming. Nope. Go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus is trying to teach us about prayer and, and what to expect and how we should handle prayer. So if we pray one time for something, maybe we're not really in faith. Maybe we don't really need mm -hmm. it. Oh, well. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. or, you know, repent once. Like, I repent of that, but it didn't go away. Um, but no, so there's a lot in this. Yeah. Yeah, just a little cultural background information. For a person to receive a visitor and not have something to put on the table was horrifyingly mm. embarrassing. Mm. Like we don't have anything like that in our culture. Mm. If somebody shows up at midnight and says, can I stay with you? I might be like, sleep on the couch. <laughs> but for them, hospitality was such a cultural value that this man there are no words to describe what he would, the kind of shame that he would experience mm. if he didn't come back with some bread. So this is a dire situation, and that explains maybe some of the, the persistence, mm. but at the same time, you know, Jesus is trying to teach us something about how we should be in prayer, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, with it, to keep coming back. Um, God expects us to have that persistence with him. Mm. And whether we're trying to get um, needs of someone else met or our own needs, there's some ways about prayer we don't understand, but we don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So in, in this case here, Jesus is saying that he's going to get what he's asking for because of his importunity or his shamelessness. Mm. So when, when we lay our pride aside and we have to get to God, you know, if that's our heart, we're going to get what we're asking for. We, we may have to press in. We may have to keep knocking. Mm. And, and it is a progression here um, with asking, he's asking, he's knocking. And so knocking would be more than just asking. Mm. And so if, if you stand there and continue to knock, the door's going to open. So there's a persistence in it. Yeah. Yeah, this, this particular parable has always amazed me. It's also been very encouraging, I think. Because it's very obvious that Jesus puts, like, if you think about 
the parable. You've got the man who's going to his friend, knocking on the door, and the man is saying, I'm not going to get up and give you anything. Mm-hmm. It's obvious that Jesus is saying that God is the guy right. on the inside, right? And Jesus is saying, sometimes you're going to ask, and God is going to answer from within, don't bother me. <laughs> don't bother me, you know? And there's going to be reasons why the answer comes back, no. But it's clear as well that the answer isn't really no. It just seems like it's no. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, we ask for something and it feels like God is saying no. And Jesus is saying to us, are you going to give up? (laughs) Because it feels like the answer is no. Because I'm telling you, the answer isn't no. It just seems like it. Mm-hmm. Don't quit. Don't stop asking or seeking or knocking because there's going to come a time when that door comes open and you get everything you need. And it's like, okay, it's exactly what you're saying. Why is it like that? I don't know. But I don't really need to. I need to be encouraged. Mm-hmm. Don't quit. Yeah, it's it's very encouraging because if the answer doesn't come we can keep pressing in and, mm-hmm. and we can keep praying mm-hmm. and we can keep believing. And the the Lord knows how he's gonna answer our prayers. Um, he knows the timing and quite often it, it's more than just about maybe ourself or what we're asking for. It, it could be to touch many people. Mm. It could be that the Lord is wanting us to come closer to him in this. Mm. And with it, he's also saying that if we, like if this neighbor is a man and he's going to open the door with this persistence or shamelessness, he being a sinful man, how much greater is God who's good going to open that door for us. Mm. So we can trust the goodness of God behind this. Yeah, that's that's good. With all this stuff, you know, you have to kind of like look carefully because, yeah, you're right. God never, when it seems like God is saying no to us, he may be wanting more from us. Like he may want more prayer. He may want more faith. He may want more humility. Mm-hmm. But... He's not saying no because he's upset. Mm-hmm. Like, don't bother me. You know, God never says that for selfish reasons. It's like, it's almost like Jesus with the Syrophoenician woman in, I think it's Luke 15. She comes crying after him and he doesn't answer her. Right. And so she comes closer and then he gives her a reason why he didn't come for the Gentiles. So then she comes even closer and he mm-hmm. says, it's not right for me to do this for you. And she, in that moment, is faced with this, this choice. Will I go away? And she says, I know that what I'm asking for you technically isn't right, but listen, 
I'm not, I'm, I'm just asking for scraps. <laughs> you know, I mean, she just humbles herself, humbles herself, humbles herself. And Jesus says, woman, your faith is so great. Mm. And that's what he, that's what the Lord is looking for. Yeah. And how much greater is he going to answer um, him being good? He, mm -hmm. he knows exactly what we need. Mm. And so he, he invites us in verse 9. He says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. Mm. For everyone who asks receives. So it's, it's for everyone. And there the invitation is. It's not just once and done, but to keep coming to him. And part of this can be coming to God and yeah, God's gonna answer our prayers. Um, it could be, you know, something for ourselves or like a lot of our prayers can be very, very much about ourselves in the beginning, mm -hmm. but um, the Lord can help us to, to turn and to seek him for his will. But just looking at, he desires to give us himself and the spirit and what he has Yes, he does meet our daily needs like bread, but he's also seeking something higher. Mm. So I think with all these prayers, because it goes into talking about like, will will a father give a, a snake to a son if he asks for a fish mm. or a scorpion in place of an egg and so forth? And God is not going to give something that is gonna poison us or hurt us. And with the model of the prayer, he's going into telling us that we can trust the spirit. Like right up front, Jesus gave us the structure of the prayer. Pray this way, pray with this kind of shamelessness, um, ask, seek, knock. And then at the end, he's saying, if you ask amiss, you can trust the spirit. Hmm. He's not gonna give you something that's gonna poison you. Hmm. So there's a invitation, there's a showing us how, and then there's a safeguard, there's a, a encouragement from God that you can trust me. Hmm. The, the spirit will, just like children, they, they just like all of us, we can think that we know what would be best for us and, and God knows exactly what's best for us. Hmm. It's amazing. You know, I, th I think that if, if a person um, were to practice this, so again, one of the things that we want to do in this series is both to give people a hunger to know the Word of God and then to equip them to know the Word of God. And in a similar way, I think if a person were to say, okay, I want to practice this, and if you take this, these 13 verses, print them out on a piece of paper or write them in a journal and structure your prayer time, let's say 15 minutes a day to mm -hmm. start off if you're, if you're not in the habit of praying, 15 minutes a day, and you let this be your guide. Mm -hmm. Come to God as a father. Let that trust and that love and that submission Learn to let that be in your prayers, you know, mm -hmm. what you're asking for. Am I submitted to him? Is this just me asking for what I want or is this his will? Mm -hmm. Do I really care about him being glorified? What would glorify him? Mm -hmm. Asking him for 
what my daily needs, talking to him about my sins, confessing my sins, actively forgiving people who have hurt us mm -hmm. because that happens how often? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Um, and then talking to him about the kinds of temptations that you know you face on a daily basis. Right. And doing all of that with a, a persistence and trust, knowing that God is not going to give you something bad when you've asked him for something good. Talk about just, wow, that would help you learn how to pray so much. Mm -hmm. Not that you would get it right all the time, but it would show you the way. Yeah, and, and the last thing he says is ask for the Spirit. So ask, ask, and the Spirit will help you with this. So we're not left to ourselves to figure it out. Like the Spirit will help a person, even in their prayers, even how to pray. All right, that's it for today's show. Thanks again for joining us on Purity for Life. We'll see you next time. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.